Hello and welcome. Gino Barbara, one of the co-founders of Jake and Gino. And I just got off on another amazing show from the real Jason Duncan. His show is the root of all success. I mean, you want to learn how to build a business, how to exit a business. Success leaves clues. Tune into the show. He's an amazing guest. I had some really thought-provoking questions. And what I love most is he's focusing not just on the shiny object, but he's talking about success. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to the person? He draws you into the show, and it sounds as if you're just listening to two gentlemen having a great conversation. Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan. A podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of The Root of All Success, The Real Jason Duncan. The Real Jason Duncan. Welcome to another episode of The Root of All Success. I am The Real Jason Duncan. Thank you for being here. I've got one of the two guys of the famous Jake and Gino brand, the community, the podcast, I got Gino Barbaro as my guest today. And I had a really great conversation with him. We talked about how he got involved in multifamily uh, real estate investing just 10 years ago. And he now has over $280 million in assets under management with over 1,800 units. This episode is going to show you how the secrets of how to make millions in multifamily. And it's funny because I've been wanting to do multifamily for years and was hot and heavy on it before we got into COVID. COVID kind of killed a lot of things. Um, but, but now this conversation today has reinvigorated my, uh, my interest in multifamily. So let me tell you a little bit about who Gino Barbaro is. He's an investor. He's a business owner. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. And like I said, he's grown his portfolio to almost 2,000 units. He actually had over 2,000 units one time. He sold some of them. But $280 million in assets under management, he and his partner, Jake, teach other people how to do the same thing through their community, Jake and Gino. Um, his students, their students have over 71,000 units, $4 billion in deal volume. Uh, it, it, this is phenomenal. If you want to learn how to do multifamily, this is your guy. Plus, he has some pretty cool ideas about what success is and how to achieve it. He's written three best-selling books, Will, Will Barrel Profits, The Honey Bee, and Family Food and Friars. And he's going to, at the end, show you how to get a free copy of his book. So just listen all the way to the end. Please help me welcome Gino Barbaro to the root of all success. Hey, Gino, welcome to the show, my man. Jason Duncan, how are we doing, brother? I am fantastic dealing only with first world problems we were talking about. <laughs> you know, I just got back from a uh, mastermind intensive retreat that I host four times a year and uh, I'm on a high, man. Like I, I live for doing stuff like that. It was so good. Just got back yesterday and now I'm at five episodes to record today. So life is good. I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> Love it. What about you down in St. Augustine, man? Is life good? Life is very good for me. Uh, 
same thing with me. I was actually at a family mastermind this past weekend. I was with some really amazing collaborators, uh, young guys, older guys. The group has got a lot of women. It's just entrepreneurs trying to figure out how to grow their communities and, and how to get better. And when you're in a room like that, it's a lot of fun to be in that room because all of a sudden you have one or two amazing ideas for yourself. You bring it back to your business and you're like, huh, never thought of it that way. And I know one of the things you want to talk about later on is that one thing that you really need to be successful as an entrepreneur. Don't live in a vacuum. I mean, we just said it right now. One of the things that we're doing is we're not sitting around by ourselves at home thinking that we need to do everything. We're out there collaborating with other people. And I think if you can start doing that and shedding that scarcity mindset of saying, I need to do everything myself, I don't need anybody's help. Well, you're going to be the I'm a guy. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to get burned out. <laughs> Don't be the I'm a guy. That's good. So, uh, so man, you kind of you kind of come into the show with a little bit of a celebrity-ish aura for me, right? And I'm going to tell you why. I know I don't think I told you this. I was on uh, your show, Jake and Gino's show, I don't know, a couple months ago. But um, I used to host a multifamily investor group at my office in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I didn't run it. I hosted it because I had a training uh -huh. room. Dave Childers, I don't know, residential investment advisor. Do you know Dave? Brother Nashville, man. He's yeah. got some great assets. I love his model, man. He's a great dude. So Dave and I haven't talked in a long time. I get, it, it, all that kind of got shut down during COVID. We weren't doing live events and stuff. But, the, um, but I hosted that for a couple, two or three years. And my intention, of course, was to become a multifamily investor. I own seven companies and I'm a coach. Like that's the thing I do, but I wanted to invest in multifamily. And so that's why I was doing Dave's thing. And they say, you got to look at a hundred deals for you buy your first one. I don't know if that's tongue in cheek or true, but I feel like I'm at like 80. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working my way up. I haven't invested in a multifamily, but the first time I ever heard about you was when he was talking about. I don't know if he had you guys at an event or he went to your event. I don't remember what happened, but I remember Jake and Gino is just a very memorable, you know, phrase, which I'm sure that's why you guys use it as a brand. Uh, but then somehow our, our companies got in touch with each other and said, Hey, we need to do a podcast swap. And, and now here I am doing a one-on-one -on -one convo with Gino Barbaro on my uh, show, dude. This uh, is a, this is an honor. This is an honor to talk to you. Thank you. And isn't it amazing how you start something and you do a venture and then all of a sudden it leads to something else. And that's why these podcasts are amazing. And the collaboration, once again, we went to Dave's property. We did what we call a money mixer. We did a one day tour of his property. We brought out all of our students and we toured his properties in Nashville. And it was amazing because it elevated Dave. All of a sudden, Dave's listing property, so he has our student base. We're walking his deals, talking about buy right, manage right, and finance right, and we're looking at his value adds. We're looking at his opportunities, how he's built his portfolio, and it was a really fun day, a memorable day because we've only gone to three other people's properties, so his was the very first. It was nervous for me. We'd never done it before, and man, it went off without a hitch. It was really phenomenal. Yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. I haven't, like I said, I haven't talked to him in a while. We kind of lost touch. Um, probably need to reach out and see how he's doing. But everything I can see from social media looks like residential investment advisor is doing really well. Yes. But let me let's go back in time, man. Gino, you you you've got, as I said in the intro, you know, eighteen hundred multifamily units, uh, two hundred eighty million dollars in assets under management. Your students are doing four billion dollars in deal volume. What uh, when did you buy your first multifamily? Uh, Jason, it's really funny. I'm a late bloomer. Uh, I, I bought my first deal with my brother back in 2002, and it was a four unit in New York. I was the pizza guy. Jake is the drug rep. And 
that was a start. But then I went off course. I bought a mobile home park that I lost a lot of money on. I bought a strip mall that I lost a lot of money on. And I finally said to myself, mentorship, I need coaching. I need to figure out what I'm doing. And I picked apartments because it's a basic human need. It's food, clothing, and apartments. I didn't understand the value of tax benefits, the value of appreciation, the value of you know getting debt and, and having debt go down and get crushed with inflation, all the different benefits, cash flow. I met Jake in 2009. We partnered up in 2011. He moves to Knoxville. We start looking for our very first deal together. And in 2013, after 18 months, we, we bought our first deal. It was a 25-unit deal. We still own that deal to this day. It's an amazing little deal. But took us 18 months. We didn't have the framework. We didn't have the processes in place. We just were like the average beginning investor. I need a deal. Well, what's a deal for Jake and Gino? What's your buy right criteria? How are you going to finance it? How the managed look? And we don't look at it through that lens. And after that first deal, we figured it out. We want mom and pops. Let's figure it out. Three months later, we got our second deal, a 36 unit by no coincidence, because we had started already flushing out that process or that framework. So um, you're telling me that Jake and Gino, the legends, <laughs> got their start <laughs> just 10 years ago, bought your first multifamily 25 unit deal 10 years ago. Yes. And the even more, I think to me, extraordinary thing is we've only done three syndications. So we've raised capital, we've exited on two of those, and we've been able to refinance out over $20 million. And, and Jason, like, you know, in business, you, you, you get the profits, you reinvest the profits. And that's what we did. And I think people have the misconception of real estate. They think that real estate, you make the money on the buy. You don't make the money on the buy. You make the money when you sell or when you exit. And we realized that early on. Obviously, you need to buy and you need to buy with cash flow in place. But the real crystallization of that equity, 18 months or two years down the road, you get that crystallization of the equity. You pull it out and you buy another deal. You start buying up, buying up. We were able to refi early on in 2015 and 16. That was the velocity for us. We kept pulling out refinances. And instead of going on vacations, instead of partying, we went into the next deal and into the next deal. And then we found syndication, which added a little more gasoline to the fire. We're starting to raise capital from other people. And there's another strategy. So there's multiple ways to become successful in multifamily. I just think people over the last couple of years, all they hear is syndication, syndication, syndication. You can use multiple different ways to become successful in multifamily investing today. All right. So late bloomer, Gino, how old are you, Gino? I am 53 years old. I am a late bloomer because, listen, Jason, I had a great opportunity. I, I Parents were immigrants. I didn't have a lot of debt. I had a really nice little restaurant for close to 20 years. In 2008, the Great Recession comes, almost wipes everything out for me. And I just didn't understand the strategies. I wasn't a business thinker at the time. I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people. And it's interesting that your, your show is called The Root of All Success. I read the book by T. Harv Eker, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And yeah. he talks about the fruits are in your roots. And, and I didn't have a lot of roots. I didn't have a lot of value. I didn't understand that. That's why I was a late bloomer. At 38, I got struck by the lightning bolt. And I'm like, wow, I'm doing it all wrong. I'm the, I'm the victim here. I'm not, and I'm not accepting responsibility for all the actions up until that time in my life, all the results are for my previous actions in life. And once I realized that I'm like, I have to double down on this education thing. I've got to meet more people. I've got to learn how to build a business. And that's what I started doing from then on. If I'd known this earlier and I had been prompted to do this earlier, it would have been a lot sooner, but that's what it was right for me at that point in time in 2008, when I picked up that, that book, man, so, all right. Well, the reason I asked you how old you are, so I wanted to put this in perspective for the listeners. I'm 48. 
So you're 53, so we're, we're five years five years difference from each other. But you started, you bought your first big deal. I know, I know you bought a fourplex back in a, a long time ago, but but you bought your first big deal, you and Jake, at 43 years old. You still mm -hmm. own to this day. You've developed that into now from 25 units to you at one time at over 2,100 units and mm -hmm. over seven, uh, let's see, $280 million under asset. The cash flow from that has to be absolutely astronomical in just 10 years, one decade. So uh, I, you can share whatever numbers you're, you're comfortable sharing with the audience, but when did, it, when did it go from buying that 25 unit apartment complex to, holy crap, we're making a ton of money. This is unbelievable and it's cash flow and you're doing this velocity thing. How long did that take? It typically takes on average, I would say for the average person, about five years. For me, I bought my first deal with Jake in 2013. I left the restaurant in March of 2016. So within three years of buying that very first deal, I was out. I was making enough to you know, take over what I was making at the restaurant and, and you know, put food on the table for six kids in New York. So 2016 was like my highlight. Jake had left a year and a half sooner because he was living in Tennessee. His burn rate was nothing. He had no, he had one kid at the time. And I'm like, dude. And then all the cost segregation benefits that he got that year, which completely wiped out because he became a real estate professional. It completely wiped out what he was paying to, to the feds. He was able to raid his 401k and not pay taxes on that, but only pay the penalty. So the benefits, if you position yourself, I would say if you start looking for deals today, if you're doing it diligently like Jake and I did, you're being successful, you're finding other partners, you're scaling and reinvesting the profits, within five years, it's not unrealistic to be completely out of your game. And then I would say by year six or seven, that cash flow snowball really starts to take effect. And on average, we focus on what we call profit per unit on our on our entire portfolio most people don't even know what that is most people don't even regard that as a metric because they're syndicating deals they don't have a lot of equity but for us we control most of that equity ourselves and we look for between two and three hundred dollars profit per door in our market some markets may be higher some markets may be lower so if you do the math 1700 times 250 to 300 every month you know we're doing pretty good and on top of that, we've, you know, this year alone, we've refinanced that 4 million bucks from the portfolio. That's not including cash flow. That $4 million has gone back into the two deals we've done this year. So you can see buy, refi, rinse, put it back into the deal, buy the next deal with none of your own money, buy the next deal with none of your own money. Then that deal starts producing. Then the deal ahead, next one starts producing. And you can see it just like business. It takes a few years for really to start snowballing. But once it does, the ability to create massive wealth is at your fingertips because you control it. It's your business. You want to raise rents. And Jason, you are the ex exit guy. We have these 1,700 units. We could package this entire portfolio together and go to private equity and say, we want to sell this entire thing. There's a lot of buyers out there that would want to buy that, that portfolio and those assets. It'd be very easy to buy a, a buyer there. The exit strategy is not, not difficult to comprehend. We didn't think of that early on, but when Jake and Gino get tired and they don't want to do this anymore, there are a lot of people out there that would love to buy a portfolio like this. So your two to $300 profit per unit metric that you use, is that monthly, annually? What is it? Monthly. So $360,000 monthly cash or profit per unit. Profit per unit. On, on average, some may be, some months may be a little less because there's maybe three payrolls. Some months may be a little bit more because there's less expenses. But that, on average, is what we're what we're accomplishing with our assets that are that are turned currently. Man. All right. So you said a couple of things there that I want to key in on. So you talked about 
doing those next deals with no none of your own money. And I get that. And I think for the average listener, they need to understand, and this is what Dave Childers taught me, is that when you buy an apartment complex, a commercial property doesn't doesn't appraise, doesn't have, isn't valued the same way a single family residence. Single family residence based on what everything else is selling for. But on an apartment complex, and you correct me if I'm wrong in this, is based on net operating income. So if your net yep. operating income is 100 grand, for example, you know you can get usually 10x value on that net operating income. So if you can go in and raise the rents a little bit or do a value add where you've got the net operating income goes to 150, well now your value went from 10 million to 15 million, right? And so you can you now have equity that you can pull out against that. That's what you're correct. talking about. Am I correct? Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. Sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dub does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast, but they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. 
Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Y, for 10% off your first three months to try Story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Yes, correct. And, you know, to think of it this way, for you to be able to pull out all of your money, on average, you need to increase the value by 25%. To be able to be able to pull the money that you have in the deal. So if you buy a property for a million bucks, you need to increase that value to about a million two and a half, million three. So then when you go to refinance it, you're pulling out you know whatever down payment you had. You'll be able to pull that back out. You'll get a new loan based on that new value, and that new loan is going to be higher than the loan you have in place. That difference is the money you're going to be able to pull out. On our very first deal, I'll give you an example. It was a six hundred thousand dollar deal. We had ten percent seller financing. So we got a $60,000 note from the bank at seller financing. We needed to come up with $60,000 from the three of us plus closing costs. It was $83,000. I'll never forget. It was our very first deal. It was hard scratching to get grand. Me, Jake, and Mike, we put the money together. Like you said, we forced the value of that building. 18 months later, we were able to refinance out $165,000 out of that because it went up in value from $600,000 to a little over eight fifty. dollars So- and you're, so we, we pulled out 80% of that value of 850. So the remainder was $165,000 in cash. And the great thing about a refinance is it's not what you make, it's what you keep. It's basically a loan to yourself. So you're not paying taxes on a refinance. So for those of you out there, how many pizzas does Gino need to make to earn to net $165,000? That's a lot of pizzas. So I take that 165 grand. I put $20,000 aside to refix the property a little more. And that $140,000 net goes into our very next deal. And it's amazing. And if you continue to do that, that's why you don't need to scale up and buy five or six or seven deals a year. If you can do a couple really good deals a year, by year or year four, you're on your sixth or seventh deal. The first deal that you've done is starting to come off what we call that imaginary conveyor belt. It's starting to fall off and you're starting to get that equity. And you're using that equity for the third or for the next deal that you have. That's the power, the tax benefits of refinance. I don't know if most people understand how powerful that is. We just, like I said, we're able to refinance out over $4 million. How much money does a person need to make to be able to net $4 million? bucks? Is it six? Well, we took that $4 million, We distributed amongst the partners. We each got a little over a million. We put that into our second deal that we did this year. So that deal is basically none of our money. When we refinance that deal, we'll pull money out of there. We have no money left in that deal. That money goes into the next deal. How many businesses can you do that? There are very few opportunities or businesses on this planet that allow you to do that. And that's why, you know, I'm going a little long, but for me, real estate is one of the best ways to create wealth and to perpetuate the wealth. The only mistake that most investors make that I've talked to people in their 70s and 80s, there's two. They didn't buy enough and they sold too early. 
Those are the two mistakes that most investors say they make. And, and I agree that probably the same thing with the business because you're saying to yourself, hey, I can make more money today than if I, if I run this business for the next five years. Yeah, but you're not thinking about that wealth effect with real estate where our very first deal, the rents were 300 bucks. They're now 1100. And 10 years from now, those rents are probably gonna be two grand. So you see the wealth creation and the inflation hedge that you have on this asset along with the benefits and even better, your renters are paying down the debt for you. Yep. Think about that. That's amazing. That, that is amazing. And that's why I think real estate is one of those unique things that we don't, that people don't think about it. So I have two questions specifically related to that. And, and one of them is about the difference between investing in businesses and the difference between investing in real estate. But I'm going to save that for the second question. But don't let me forget, I want to do that because that is my personal question. Sure. That I wanted to ask you at the onset of the show. But but while we're talking about money, like how to get into a deal, you've just illustrated how we can get into the second, third, fourth, and hundredth deal without yes. any money out of pocket. But it's that first deal that seems to be the biggest problem for most people. If I found a 32 unit, a complex in Springfield, Missouri, for example, and I wanted, hey, I'm gonna, I want to buy this deal, but I don't want to syndicate. Maybe I do want to syndicate. I don't know what to do. But like, how the heck do I get into that deal? That is, I mean, how much time do we got? I'm going to go back to the framework real quick. And that's the problem with most investors. It's buy right, manage right, and finance right. And I think when you're buying an asset, first of all, is it a deal for you? Can you afford it? Do you have the experience to take down a 32-unit deal? Is Springfield, Missouri the right market for you? The first thing any investor needs to do when they're looking at multifamily Pick a market. Don't pick 17 markets. You need to be an expert in one market. You need to understand the relationship that you need to create with those brokers. You need to understand the metrics in that city. Because then when, when you're buying that asset, well, am I buying it in a good area of the market? Is the median income good or is the median income bad? Am I buying an old asset? Am I buying a new asset? Is the unit mix going to be two bedrooms or three bedrooms? Do I want brick? What's the age? I'm throwing a lot of stuff out at you, but you can see right now, you need to clarify your buying metrics, your buying parameters, and it's gonna be different for everybody based on your age, your skill level, how much time you can put to it. If you're a doctor out there trying to get into multifamily and you're performing surgeries four times a week, you don't have the time to go out and do it full time and to be a property manager. But if you're a 32 year old who says, I wanna get into this full time, you have different investing goals. You're gonna get into this business differently. You may go into it full time and you may need that doctor for his balance sheet and for his equity and that doctor may need that younger person. So there's so many different ways to getting into it. But to answer your question specifically, you need to focus on what your criteria is to buy right, because you need to understand, is that the right deal that Jason should be investing in? And does that fit his buy right criteria? Does that make sense? hundred percent. And I, and I think that's why people say you got to look at hundred deals before you buy your first one. Again, don't know if that's true really, but I think it, it illustrates your point is you've got to buy right. You got to know what you're buying, where you're buying it, how the management's going to go, et cetera. So I'm good. But, but back to my question, how do you get the money to buy that first one? So for us, we partnered up. It was me, Jake, and, and, and me. I was actually me, my brother, Mark, and Jake on that first deal. We, well, three of us got together. We did a joint venture. The second deal, I found what, who is my partner right now, Mike. He's a hedge fund trader, commodities trader. He's got a strong balance sheet. And on that second deal, I said to Mike, you see this very first deal? We did a great job on it. You want to partner with us? He was buying single family homes up in Connecticut for 2 million bucks. He was generating $10,000 in rents. Well, we were buying assets that were 850 grand 
generating the same amount. So it wasn't easy to convince Mike to come on board, a really pretty much a no brainer. But to answer your question specifically on that first deal, we were in the seller financing area of the market cycle where we're using seller financing. We've just gotten back into that part of the market cycle. Use seller financing, use creative financing options, use master leases to get into your first deal. And the second thing is don't target something that's huge. You don't have to go into a 30 or 40 unit deal on your first deal. Buy a quad, buy an eight unit, buy a 10 unit, buy something that's distressed, that needs work, that you can afford. Find somebody that you can partner with as well. And I think the third option is syndication. Raise capital, learn how to get into the syndication space. And if Jason Duncan doesn't know how to get into a market, Jason, go out and find an operator who's doing it, who needs some funds to get into his deal. And possibly Jason can raise the money for that operator and partner up in that perspective and get into a deal that way. And then ultimately, the last thing is, if you want to start investing passively, become a limited partner in one of these deals. See how the business works. Find an operator who's got experience, who has a great track record, invest in one of their deals. See how the business works from somebody who's doing it. Put the money in passively and invest passively. That's another way for people to get into the business. So how much, if we're, if we're looking at just in rules of thumb, if I go buy a commercial property, which is, I think, anything over four, right? If I'm mm -hmm. understanding right, anything over four, if I do that, how much money am I going to need out of pocket in order to make that happen? And when I say out of pocket, I realize that it might not be out of my pocket, but how much cash is needed to do a deal like that? So on average, right now, community banks, credit unions, they're looking at 20 to 25% down. So if you're looking at a million dollar deal, you may need $200,000 down for that, for, that, for that down payment. But if that seller has a lot of equity, and he's distressed, you may tell the seller, hey, can I have a seller finance note for 100,000? That knocks down the down payment by 100. You'll need 100 to come up with. You may ask the seller to go all seller financing. I had a student uh, last week, JP, big shout out. He did a 10 unit deal, his first deal, million three, all seller financed, 30 year amortization, three and a half percent interest rate, zero dollars out of his pocket. Absolute home run. How did he do that? Wow. He followed the framework. And he had a seller who didn't want all his money. He didn't want a million dollar capital gain tax hit. He'd rather get mailbox money every month. That's a real big benefit to sellers. If there's a ton of equity and they want some retirement money, they don't need all that million bucks at day one. He'd rather have payments of let's say five or $6,000 a month. It's really beneficial if you know how to promote it to the right seller. And possibly it may have been hard to finance that property at that price point. So JP's like, hey, rents are only 500. They're going to $1,200. I can't go to a bank and finance this, Mr. Seller, you're going to have to carry some paper until I'm able to go to the bank. So there's so many ways to get into this business, but on average, let's say 20%, let's start with a ballpark 20% figure. doesn't have to be your money though. Go out and raise that money and find people who can invest in that deal for you. Is JP's deal, is that 100% seller financing? 100% seller financing. Wow. And that's it. It's a home run. It's a quarter, three and three quarters. What do you say? Three and a half percent for 30 years. I don't even know how he got that. I have no idea how he got that deal. I'm like, dude, can you bring that one over to me next time? And everyone's saying, oh, it's only 10 units. And yeah, but in two years, when that thing is repositioned, I'm, I'm saying two years, it's probably going to take six months. But let's say in the next 18 months, rates tend to go back down. Let's say they go back down to uh, 4.5%. And he wants to go to an agency, government-sponsored government entity like Fannie or Freddie, and wants to refinance that. And the property's worth million eight right now. He can go to them, refinance that property out, pay off the seller finance note, have no, none of his money in the bank, and he's got a 30-year amortization with a government-sponsored entity with a non-recourse loan. And think about it. And those 10 units, 
probably going to cash flow between two and three hundred dollars a month on average. So you're saying, oh, it's only you know two thousand a month in cash flow. Yes, but he has an asset that's worth a million eight. He's done a cost segregation study where he's been able to get that depreciation front load about $150,000 of depreciation day one, wipe it off on his, on his taxes. So that property is not going to pay any taxes on that, on that cash flow. And you've got a nice little annuity printing money every month, 2000 bucks, and it's only a 10 unit. Now that money that he got from the 10 unit, let's go find the 20 unit. You see how powerful it is? It's just a little bit longer of a cycle, but there's so much power in this game. So- Here's my question about business. So I'm a business guy. I, I own several different businesses. The, the main thing that I do on a regular basis is I, I run my coaching company. So I work, mm -hmm. I'm the exit without exiting guy, as you said, I work with on, male entrepreneurs doing between three and 10 million revenue minimum about how to get their life back from their business, essentially, how not to spend 68 hours a week doing their business. My, my concern that I've got personally is I want to invest in another business for larger cash flow and long-term wealth generation because in this business as a coach, it's it, while not exactly true, it is time for money. I'm trading my expertise and time for money. Now I'm an expensive coach there. I'm a high ticket coach. I'm not a cheap guy. It's like, so I don't have to do as much to generate as much, but I've been looking at businesses. I, I looked at a couple motorcycle dealerships. I've looked at some other businesses to invest in things that I like because I see that I can get a seller's discretionary earning of between 300, maybe up to $800,000 on some of these businesses. But then my thought is, well, crap, should I just look at multifamily, forget the business thing, just go there? Like, I know what you're gonna say, cause you're the, you're the multifamily guy, but like, give me the, give me the thought process between, I'm gonna invest some money in either a business that throws off lots of cash flow, more than a department would throw off year one or two, I got, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. versus in, uh, investing in a multifamily. What, what would you say about that? I just, I'm writing a couple of notes down here. The first thing I would say is at Jake and Gino, one of our mottos is we create multifamily entrepreneurs. Most people that get into real estate, myself included, they do two things wrong. They never think of an exit strategy. They think they're going to buy and hold forever. And they don't think of this as a business. They think of it as just a collection of real estate. The people who are really successful in this business are operators and people who have systems and processes. So you would be ideal to be able to join the Jake and Gino community to go in there and look at it as a business. Most of us don't do that. That's how I was able to scale from the first 25 unit deal to over 1500 units in less than five years. We needed scaling up coaching, obviously, but we learned the systems and the processes to, needed to do that. That's what most people miss on. They're, they're worried about landlording, tenants, toilets, and trash. That's absolutely imperative to do that. That's property management, but you also need asset management. They work separately, but together. And the systems and the processes and looking at it as a business are so important. And for yourself, Jason, what I would say is what are your, what are your ultimate goals? You need to find an operator who's doing it like a Dave Childress and say, Dave, let's partner up. I've got this money. Let's start buying deals. I've got this business acumen. I know my systems and my processes and my cadence of accountability and my goals and my rocks. I've done the EOS, all that. I can help bring that to the table and I can help with asset management. I can help that. You're the guy who's going to operate this deal. Let's get together. Let's form that union and let's start buying these businesses because each and every single one of my deals, I think of them as little mini cash machines, mini businesses, separate and independent. And if you look at it from that perspective, everything changes because you're going to try to really maximize the revenue on every single one of those and minimize the expenses. Once you start looking at it from that perspective, 
it's game over. Now, whether you buy a 10 unit or a hundred unit, obviously the hundred units can be more profitable. It's going to be a lot easier. It's just as much work as a 10. But if you're just starting, 100 units can be a daunting task. Start with something smaller so you can start dialing in the systems and the processes. Because a 10 unit becomes a 20, becomes a 60, becomes a 100. And that's really the progression with multifamily. That's why most people quit. Because they just say to themselves, I need to go big. Because every guru's told me to go big. Well, the guru here is telling you to go as big as you comfortably can. Think big. Start small. And then once you start, you're like, well, the pizza guy and the drug rep are doing it. It's not rocket science. It's just some kind of framework that I got to follow. Let me start small. Let me figure it out. And as I figure it out, I'll start building my teams. And like, you know, business and multifamily, to me, they're team sports. There's so many similarities to buying businesses and to buy multifamily. Well, most people don't talk about that because it's not sexy. They want to talk about buying these deals and they want to talk about financing these deals. You've got kids you need to raise your kids. It's the same thing in business. You've got a business. You've got to raise that business. You've got to put effort into it. It's called manage right. So you've been extremely successful in the real estate space, specifically in multifamily. You've built a tremendous brand around it and a tremendous amount of cash flow and wealth. I mean, at 1,800 units, you know, $280 million under asset, assets under management, that's, that's not an insignificant sum. So what would you say if you look back at all of your success, what's the one key? If you had to narrow it down to one thing that's allowed Gino to be so successful, what is it? To me, it was finding the right people from my brother early on in business. I had the restaurant with him. Then I, you know, obviously I married my wife. She's just an amazing person. She's really helped me throughout this entire journey. Then I find Jake. Then I find Mike. Then I find the brokers. Then I find the Jake and Gino community. And it's always finding the right people for me and being able to partner up with them and being able to try to bring whatever value I have to the table and, and then ultimately working as hard as I possibly can and trying to continue to uh, to grow. Because if we're not growing, I mean, Dr. Chapman said it on my podcast, we're regressing. And I don't want to regress. I want to continue to grow and push myself. So how do you personally define that word success? I was thinking about this the last couple of days and it was, it was challenging for me because it constantly changes success. But if I've got to look at it today, I would say I'm living by my personal core values and my, my core values are people first, uh, not just the companies, but family, family is really important to me. And, and I've built a business where I can be home every day. And if I've got to go on a business trip, it's challenging, but I'll do it. But then they're part of the Jake and Gino brand. My wife is doing a podcast with me. My kids come to my events. So living by that family and by the integrity and by those core values has made me feel as if I'm leading a successful life. So your definition of success is living by your personal core values. So do, yes. by that definition, do you consider yourself to be successful? R right now I do. And sometimes you feel as if you get caught in the trap of I'm not doing enough deals. I'm not signing up enough students and you get caught by that. But I was at a Brendan Burchard event last week, weekend, and he said something really profound. And he said, purpose over popularity. And as you know, we all want to be popular. We all want to get the likes, but part of being successful is trying to be on purpose and trying to create value for people listening to these podcasts and from doing that and from leaning in and from trying to deliver as much purpose and what I'm here for and how can I provide value that will ultimately lead to becoming more popular. So that's part of the mantra. And I wouldn't be learning these things if I wasn't going to these events. That's part of going out, stepping out, feeling awkward, feeling dumb, not knowing what's going on. And, and once you feel that way, you're on, you're on the right path in life. Because if you're in a cocoon, you're by yourself and you don't stretch yourself, you're not going to grow. You're not going to learn.
Yeah, I agree. So if you had to now speak to the listeners directly, we're going to pull it down as we end the show. You're going to speak to the to the entrepreneur listening, driving his car, walking his dog, running on the treadmill, working out, or, uh, you know, lady who's, you know, at the coffee shop. The person listening to this show is an entrepreneur, and they want to know, how do I become successful? And if Gino Barbaro had to say, this is the one thing, this is one piece of advice to lead you to become successful, what would you say it is? They're, they're not going to like the answer, but I personally think it's, it's working hard. That word grinding nowadays is, is something where people are like, oh, I, you can't grind. You have, to, you, have to, you, know, you have to create your sole purpose and just work towards that. I think that's a fallacy. When you're starting early on, there's a lot of work that we don't want to do. Now, as we grow, we're going to shed that work and find people to help us, but we're still going to continue to work hard because it's your business. Your employees shouldn't be working harder in your business than you are. It's not their business. As a leader, you need to continue to work hard, reinvent yourself, and don't be afraid of the grind because that's real. Don't listen to everybody out there saying, oh, I'm going to put on auto autopilot. That may be the goal one day, or you may want to exit one day. But if you're continuing to grow a vibrant brand, and you want to be true to yourself, at least from my perspective, I want to work harder than my employees. I want to put the effort in. I want them to see that I'm here trying to lead that vision. Love it, man. Well, everybody needs to take a look at Jake and Gino. Uh, you can go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, any one of those four platforms and just look up Jake and Gino, and Gino is G-I-N-O. So go look up Jake and Gino. They've got a great community. And uh, if you wanna learn how to do multifamily, this is the guy you need to go talk to. He and Jake are gonna help you and direct you in the right steps. Um, you've also got a couple of books you've written that are actually best-selling books. You've done really, really well in that. You wanna talk a little bit about those books and where we can get them? Yeah, just go to jakeandgino.com. I mean, Jason, if they wanna email me, my email is gino at jakeandgino.com. I'll give you a free copy, a PDF copy of Wheel of Profits. It just talks about the framework that we were talking about today, the buy right, the finance right, the manage right. We've also got a book on creative financing. It's called Creative Cash. It's going to be a really popular book in the next 12 months. It came out a couple of years ago when it wasn't in fashion, but just go to jakeandgino.com. You can find the books on the website as well. All right. So jakeandgino.com. You can email him gino at jakeandgino and get a free PDF version of that book. So Gino, man, this is fantastic. We need to do some stuff together. I've really enjoyed talking to you and Jake on the, on your show, now having you here on mine. Um, I like the energy. I like what you're doing. And I'm also enamored by your success and, and uh, wish, hopefully, that I'll be like you within the next five or 10 years myself. I'll be able to catch up to you. So congratulations on all your success, and I wish you much more in the future. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Man, what a great conversation with Gino. Um, I love his energy. I love his enthusiasm. I love his commitment to his family. You know, he talked about his six kids and about how he wants to make sure he spends time with the people that he loves. And, and one of his keys to success, for those of you that have listened to this show for a long time, you know that I teach five keys to success. And the second uh, or the, the third key to success is knowing the right people. So when I asked him what his keys to success is, he said right people. And he talked about his brother. He talked about Jake. He talked about this new investor named Mike. And he talked about also his wife and finding the right wife, his partner. And I think you need to be looking for the right people in your life. And I was running through the Rolodex of people in my life. Who are the right people in my life that can help me get into multifamily? They can help me continue to build generational wealth through this investment class. And I've got a couple of ideas. And if you're one of those people and you're listening to the show, I'm going to be reaching out to you soon. But but I appreciate you listening to this. I thank you for 
for listening to me and Gino have this conversation. Really do encourage you to go check out jakeandgino.com. Look at getting that free download that he offered there at the end. And uh, enjoy, invest in their community. Invest in learning about what it's like to be a multifamily investor. But uh, I want to thank you for, for subscribing. If you haven't done that, please hit the subscribe button. And if you haven't, you know, please leave a review. I know everybody asks for that all the, all the time, but it does a tremendous amount of good for the show and gets us further up in the listings so that iTunes and Spotify and all these players can promote us to the right audience to help them change their lives. So if you've liked this and you got value from it, please go subscribe and leave a review. Please tune in again next time on a talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, as always, I'm the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.